Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with my sister, my griefy gal co-host, the one and only Alana Kaplan. So we originally had something very special planned for this episode. So we're going to tell you a high level of what we have, what we had planned and how the plans have changed. Um, But before I do that, Alana, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So I was just on a speaking tour and I went to film my segment for Amazon Prime in Nashville. And then I went to Winnipeg where Alana and I were to record an episode of Radical Resilience at Limud, Winnipeg, which is a Jewish learning weekend in front of an audience and record it. And I was speaking at the uh, Project 11's Mental Wellness Summit which was amazing. So I was on a speaking tour and really excited because I bought all new equipment for recording. So the way we've been recording it to date has been on Zoom. And so I have a mic, I have a Yeti, Alana's using headphones. And so um, we invested in really good equipment, like a portable podcast recorder, two really phenomenal headsets, and then a third mic for guests. And just put it out there, like I am not a tech savvy person. Um, I can figure it out. And Alana is really good at figuring it out too. Um, but I was really excited for this new equipment and it definitely, there was a learning curve with it. And so the goal of Limud, the reason we were there was to talk about grief in Judaism. Okay. And we did, we had an audience and it went better than we thought. The audio was good. People participated. We actually had like, like four or five people come up and be a guest and like ask questions, it, it honestly, I think it was the best episode we ever re- recorded. And um, unfortunately, when I when I started to prepare for this episode, I felt like something was off. And so when I plugged in the card that holds the audio, the recording wasn't there. The recording wasn't there. So our very first time, and you know what, and full disclaimer, we we gave the audience, like we, we just said, this is our first time doing this. So like, it might not work. And I thought it worked, but it didn't. And I'm obviously very disappointed in that. But Alana and I are going to do a recap of what we spoke about. And what did work was me and Alana have a little test session. So we're going to take you behind the scenes with our prep for Mood, So you can see how things go behind the scenes, which is actually really funny. But so for those of you listening who are at Limud and just heard about us and you're expecting to hear uh, a recap of what we talked about, you're going to get a high level recap here. If you were a guest that spoke on the podcast, we're apologizing, you know, perhaps there's opportunity for you to do another podcast with us in the future, but 
you know what? We are resilient and shit happens. And now we know, well, now I know what I did wrong. And hopefully next time I do it right because I managed to do all of our tests right. Um, and I think it might've just been nerves and being in my, on my home turf, but Alana, how did, how was that experience for you? Pretending that this like worked out. I mean, it did work out except for the, it didn't, but it was actually such a good session. Yeah, it was a very cool experience. I mean, this was this, like where we presented was where I went to school. I didn't graduate from the school, but I went there up until grade nine was my last year. And the room we were in was in my grade six room. And so actually I had, it was interesting. I had a lot of anxiety and I don't know why. I don't remember being like an anxious kid at that school. Um, But clearly there was something there um, because I kept pacing the hallways before and whatnot. But the presentation, like the doing the podcast itself, I thought was really cool. We had a room of, of about 20 people, I would say, and um, very engaged audience responding to what we were saying. Um, That was really cool to have an audience live reacting um, because usually it's just Blair and I reacting off each other, not knowing if what we're saying is making sense or if it's funny or whatnot. So that was pretty cool. It is disappointing that it didn't record, but not the end of the world life happens and um apologies to those who are at lead mood and didn't get to come to our session and wanted to listen um we'll try our best and we have many podcasts where we do talk about the timelines and experiences of the loss of our mom and dad so go back and listen to those what I would have to say I love that so the main topic that we were speaking about on the podcast at Limud was navigating grief in Judaism. Alana and I are both Jewish. Both sides of our family are Jewish. Their parents are Jewish. Our lineage is, is Jewish. And there, I would say it's, fa- it's fair to say, Alana, right, that we knew a significant amount of like the rituals and customs for when someone dies. But there was also a handful of things that we didn't really know because we've yeah. never had to pay attention. Yeah, because the losses we've experienced previously were at the grandparent level or at the aunt level. So we never were the direct mourners. And so all we knew was, okay, we have the funeral quickly. We have a shiva where people come and pay their respects. And we have an unveiling a year later. Like that was probably the extent of of (laughs) what we knew. Um, And then you throw in it now being our parents and then you throw in COVID. It was a, it was a big learning for us. And so we, yeah, we learned for when our mom died, when it was deep COVID and the only people we could have Shiva with were our aunt, uncle and two cousins which I personally, I think that's my, I don't want to say favorite way to Shiva because like, obviously no Shiva is the best kind of Shiva. (laughs) Favorite way to Shiva. But I, I comparing losses and Shiva experiences, I did prefer that type of Shiva in reflection. Um, 
So for those of you who are just tuning in and don't know what Shiva is, um, I'm going to read you a definition because I can tell you what it means in my opinion, but I'm just going to get the, get it out for you. So uh, basically, I just Googled the wrong Shiva. That's a yoga Shiva, (laughs) Shiva Judaism. So Shiva is the week-long mourning period in Judaism for the first degree relatives. This is a ritual where we sit Shiva. Um, It's a period where we get together with friends and family and people send food. And we're supposed to honor that person who passed and share stories. And, you know, it's it's actually a really beautiful custom. Um, I used to really like it because it was kind of like a reunion, (laughs) you know, for our family. We've, we've experienced a lot of death, like, you know, uh, our mom's mom and our mom's oldest sister and my Zeta Jack and um, now our mom and our, our dad. But I love it because it's like a family and life is so busy. But when someone dies, it's like the world stops and everyone comes together. With mom, we it was really nice having just six of us in person, except people were still sending food for 50, <laughs> which is why I gained a lot of weight. I ate a lot of bagels, like a Jewish hug is a bagel. But I really like that we had Zoom Shiva. So there's still a way to connect. In fact, Alana and I are going to be attending a Zoom bris. <laughs> Words I never thought I'd say. Our second Zoom bris. Well, my second Zoom bris. I think it's Blair... six. It's 6.30 in the morning for me. Oh, Blair for the first Zoom bris that we were invited to, I think was camping. Um, <laughs> but what yeah i yeah we i forgot about the zoom shiva so we had this zoom shiva that our aunt and uncle organized and so cousins from all over north america were able to join and it was recorded and i actually watched it recently because one of our distant four distant cousins died and i wanted to see um I wanted to to just kind of see what he had to say in that video so i went back and watched it and it was a really beautiful thing so even though Zoom Shivas aren't necessarily a thing in 2023, they can be. Um, I also wanted to add, so being that, that we were the first degree mourners, um, the rabbi taught us quite a bit, I would say. Um, something I've never done before is like the ritual at the end of Shiva. And we didn't do it for our dad's Shiva because it was a little bit unconventional being it so close to the anniversary of our mom's death but we for our mom's shiva I remember we met with the rabbi and I can't remember the reason he shared um, but we did this kind of like walk around the block um, as a way to signify the ending of it and because the it's interesting because technically shiva had ended but as Blair said earlier we had food for 50. So our Shiva in a way continued for another week in terms of the meals, because I think people, it was, it it, it continued for like a month. (laughs) It yeah. Our whole time there, we basically had dinner with our family every night and it was catered in some way, Um, which is a, which is something really beautiful about the Jewish community in Winnipeg is that we all come together and show our support. So people we haven't seen in years decades came out of the woodwork to show their supports like getting donation cards so meals and donation cards tend to be a big way people show their respects in Judaism at least in the Winnipeg Jewish community and so receiving cards from families of, of 
people who I was friends with growing up, I'm still friends with, but their parents and whatnot, that made me feel really held, which I appreciated because at that time I lived in Toronto and felt so far away from everyone. Yeah, that's great. And, it, you know, okay, so just a couple other Judaism things I want to throw in. So our mom and dad divorced and Alana was three and I was seven. Our dad lived with addiction and he basically blew up the his business and the family and hurt our mother, like not physically, but like broke her heart and like made life really hard. And so one of my mom's dying wishes, like, so we learned mom was going to die. I'm sitting with her before Alana comes back. And I was like, okay, mom, like, and I knew these answers, but I said, like, where do you want to be buried? Like, you have to remember, like, we learned mom was like, we were told you have two weeks left to live. And three days later, she was gone. And so um, I was like, mom, where do you want to be buried? And she said, I want to be buried at Hebrew sick. That's where her whole family is. But she turned to me and she said, don't you dare bury me beside your father. (laughs) Because dad was going to die and he was terminal. And so when coordinating mom like mom's plot and we'll tell you what happens when someone jewish dies like there's a process that immediately happens right when they die like literally their body's still warm um but we had to coordinate where mom went in the in the cemetery because what we learned was that a single female could not be buried beside a man she doesn't know so our mom is on the end of a row and she's next to a couple and the wife will be beside mom when they when that couple you know, meets her there. <laughs> so that was something really interesting to learn um, that there's cu- rules for where you're placed in you know a Jewish cemetery. I wanted to add, I mean, I think mom had probably been thinking about this for a while, but it was really fresh because the weekend before her first hospital admission, our dad was admitted to the palliative unit at St. Boniface uh, for a mere 24 hours before uh, getting kicked out for smoking a cigarette. And I should clarify, he was dying of lung cancer and end-stage COPD, which are respiratory illnesses. And so the nurse had said to him, "Um, if you are smoking a cigarette, you don't need to be here. We were all disappointed, not because we wanted him to die, but because we were like, finally, he's in a safe place. We know he's going to get fed. But anyways, he had, he went in, he came out. And then two or three days later, our mom went into the hospital for the first time. So I do think it was actually extra fresh on her mind. Yeah, that's, that's good. So the other thing that we learned was like when um, our mom was dying, our uncle literally was texting the rabbi about what was happening. And, um, as soon as mom and dad died, we had to call the synagogue that's associated with the, um, cemetery so we can get the funeral booked because in Judaism, you're buried within 24 to 48 hours. And, um, so you have to get the funeral booked. You need to get this, this place, this, I don't know, is it a company <laughs> called Chesed Shalemis where they it's the Jewish burial, burial society. Yeah. It's just great. So they pick up the body. And they have someone sit with the body called Shomer. Like the body basically is not, not left alone until it's buried. So like literally mom just died. And now I have to get on the phone right away with like Shelly. <laughs> Bless Shelly. She was great. Um, and not only like, was it 
you know, okay, mom died. We need a funeral. This is when we want to do it. And we had to pick a time and they put out the notice, but then we're told how much it costs. Which is, um, if you are not a member, because for our mom, we got the member rate from our uncle. Member of the synagogue, not the cemetery. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But for our dad, we did not get the member rate. Um, But it's 16,500 if you are not a member and 16,000 if you are not including the cost of the headstone, which costs like $4,000. So burying someone in Winnipeg is around $20,000. You're paying for basically a plot of land. (laughs) And so a couple of things uh, we learned, the body is buried naked everyone has the same casket. Like it's very, very basic. You don't put anything in the casket with the body. Um, and there's no cremation in Judaism. I like that we're talking about things that we didn't actually touch on because the group was Jewish. So a lot of people <laughs> knew what we were talking, you know, knew the stuff we were, we were saying. So, um, I mean, like a mom wanted to be cremated, we would have, but like, that's not how we roll <laughs> in our family. Now, the other thing is I said, you have to be buried within 24 to 48 hours. That gives enough time usually for family to come in. Mom passed away at the height of COVID. So like no family really came in. And Alana and I were already in town um, and dad had some family come in right before he passed, like had uncle Alan come in. But the thing is when he passed, when he passed away and when mom passed away, it was like close to minus 50 degrees Celsius, which means that the ground is frozen. So it takes a little bit longer to dig out. And it just so happened our father who lived a life on his own terms, a very stubborn man, nothing was easy. Even his death was hard in the sense of there was a blizzard. He died. He died at sundown on Shabbat, meaning the Chesed Shalemis. On Shabbat, you don't work. And our days in Judaism are sundown to sundown. And so literally as the sunset, dad passed away on a Friday, the February 18th. We called Chesed Shalemis. So dad had to go down to the morgue and then Chesed Shalemis picked him up on sundown on, on Saturday. But we wanted to have a funeral, I think, like on a certain day. And like we couldn't because there was a blizzard. Like, you know, it was not smooth sailing with our father. So no, nothing was smooth sailing. And yeah, they had to, like his whole, his whole decline in death, as we've talked about in previous episodes and uh, life what, and life was not <laughs> smooth sailing. Um, but with his death, yeah, there was the blizzard. So we wanted to have it on a Sunday, but we couldn't have it on. We couldn't have it until the Monday afternoon. It was minus 50. The difference for our dads was Shiva was allowed. I think we asked people to wear masks. I personally find these types of shivas to be a little overwhelming and overstimulating, especially when all I want to do is like hide in the corner and grieve. And it was like a complex grief because it was so close to our mother's anniversary too. So it was like double grief. Um, But I think Blair, I, I told my friends not to actually come to, they came to the funeral, but I told them not to come to the shiva and that I would connect with them after um because I I know myself in these situations Blair though um I think had her friends come and Blair is very much a community person but I'm not going to speak on her behalf because she's staring right at me right now so because where else would I be staring (laughs) 
Um, and that's true. I, I, I like to be surrounded by the people I love. And I felt very lonely navigating mom's death because right before mom died, my father-in-law died and we had the miscarriage. So I felt very lonely because I lived in BC. And so for me, I wanted to be with my chosen family and my family family. Um, so a couple of things in Judaism, we, we have our own calendar. We go, it goes by the moon. There's 12 months, sometimes 13 months. And like 13 months is a leap year. So it's not a, you know, not an extra day. It's like an extra month. And so our, and I don't remember the days, but Alana might, but our mom and dad both have a Hebrew anniversary passing. What are they? Um, dad's is, or mom's, mom's is Adar 11 and dad's is Adar 18. So the 18th of Adar is our dad's, the 11th of Adar is our mom's, but I think mom died on a leap year. Did dad die on a leap year? One of them died on a leap year. Anyways, I haven't really known these calendars much since like I, I left Hebrew school in grade eight, but for whatever reason this year, um, because our dad died February 18th and our mom February 23rd, you would think our dad's year at site, which is the Hebrew anniversary would be before our mom's, but it wasn't. In fact, our mom's was before. Um, but last year on our mom's first year at site, we planned this beautiful Shabbat dinner with our family and we got called to the hospital because our dad, we got the call that dad was about to die. And we're like, of course, he's taking away from mom's <laughs> year at site. So we spent mom's year at site. Um, we did have a really fast family Shabbat dinner and we spent our mom's year at site with our dad. And actually this year, it just so happened that um, we were together for our dad's first year at site, which was really nice. And yeah, I mean, I think that's also another beautiful tradition. You light a candle and you let it burn. And I mean, there's no specific prayer. I, I just, it's a good day to think and reflect. Although I think about mom and dad all the time, but it's, I think that's a really beautiful Jewish custom is that you're inside candle. And for those with anxiety, a plug-in light. <laughs> AKA me, <laughs> I had a plug-in light. Um, even that kind of gives me anxiety though, if I'm being completely honest. Um. <laughs> he unplugs everything in her house. <laughs> Not everything. Like not but the French. French. Yeah. <laughs> but most things. Um, but with these, like with the loss of our parents, it's helped me kind of recalibrate myself in Judaism and um, try and navigate like where I want my relationship with Judaism to be. And like I've considered joining um, a synagogue, which... I mean, I did join one in Toronto in more recent years with my community there just for the high holidays. Um, but I'm as I get older and see loved ones and loved ones of others die, like it makes me, I don't know, want to be more connected and learn more about Judaism. Like I watched the Shabbat service on the day on my mom's year it said I was going to go in to the synagogue with my uncle but never did so it's just making me think about ways I want to honor Judaism and incorporate it into my life again um, it's very different than when I was a child and went to Jewish day school I think now that I'm older and I can have I'm someone who loves control and I think being an adult and getting to choose what parts I want in my life um, is pretty empowering. So things like going to Shabbat dinner at my uncle's every week and celebrating the Jewish holidays and potentially becoming a member of the, the synagogue and just 
tried to be more incorporated in the in the Jewish community, like going to events and speaking at events like we moved, I think um, did come as a result of the death of our parents. Like I moved back to Winnipeg <laughs> not yes. even a year after my mom died because of my mom's death, because I wanted that home base. And for me, that home base was Winnipeg and the Jewish community there. Yeah, I definitely miss it. And like, you know, where I live now, Kamloops, I don't have, I mean, I actually just met some Jewish people. I'm meeting one of them for coffee on Thursday and one on Sunday. Like, so I'm starting to find my people there and it feels just like a new, a different type of home. And uh, these aren't people I know well, but I mean, I understand what, you know, Lana moving back because I, I, f- I feel that too. And I feel more called to Judaism. So it's great that, you know, there are, I think there's 30 Jewish people in Kamloops. Um, so another Jewish tradition I want to wrap up with before we go into the, the, the final segment of today, unless Alana has something else to add, is another Jewish tradition is um, when, uh, when someone is born, you name that person after a deceased family member. And as mom was dying, she looks at me and goes, so what are you going to name your daughter? And then like, I, like, as soon as I learned mom was going to die, like immediately the idea of having a kid left me. And like, I was like, I can't do this. There's too many big feelings happening. So of course though, she's dying. And I said, I'm going to like, I looked at her and I was like, Sharon, <laughs> like I'm going to name her Sharon. So anyways, um, I got a kitten and our mother's Hebrew name was Freda Devora. And so I bought a little boy kitten who's a rag doll, who's now at the time of recording six months old. And we, as an I, named him Frey, F-R-E-Y. So like short for Freda, but just Frey because he's a boy. So I, I'm somewhat carrying on the tradition here. So um, do you have any other like last minute things you want to add, Alana, before I kind of segue into the <laughs> behind the scenes? Not really. I just want to add that um, Frey's nickname to me is Freidel, like the dreidel. That's it. <laughs> the Yiddish, like, give me the girdle and the schmata, Freidel. <laughs> Come over here, Freidel. Oh my God, Frey's so cute. Um, he has an Instagram at Frey Venables, just saying. I um, just came back from the vet. He's a naughty little kitten. So I'm going to just let you know what you're going to hear now. Alana and I tested out the equipment to make sure it worked. We have these new mics that are so good that we're going to start using moving forward when recording. We just have to get some adapters because, you know, recording is different on the computer than with our device. And Alana and I live in different parts of the country. So the uh, the equipment is amazing. The test worked. (laughs) And... I'm really bummed out that the full episode didn't record, but you know what? It's okay because shit happens. And it was really phenomenal. And we gave everyone there such a good experience that I look forward to Alana and I being invited to other events to record live or heck Alana and I might just go on the show. You can buy our merch. We have a store now. And I'll talk about that at the very end. I'll let Alana talk about that at the end. So in this, we do a high level of what we're going to talk about. Um, you can, you can tell that we're like not on, like, we're just being very matter of fact. So like my, like I sound very serious. I talk really fast. 
I tell Alana not to interrupt me on our podcast because like we have to raise hands and like mute and stuff because we both really want to say things. But in real life, we talk over each other all the time. And so in this recording, I tell her not to talk over me. And I I interrupted her though, like, the, like three or four times. So it's really funny. And it's kind of funny because you get to like hear like what we usually do before a podcast is like, what do you want to talk about? We go over it. So we we have this like outline set out for us. We don't take notes before. Um, so yeah, I think you can hear how good the audio is. You can see what it's like behind the scenes. And so check it out. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. This is just a test. Just a test. Okay. With your two sisters. Okay. I think I hear too much like maybe be a little bit further from your mouth. Yeah. Two sisters. Blair and Alana. And then I'm going to do a quick high level of the Global Resilience Project and what how it came to be and what the podcast is and explain the pod, like just explain what's going to happen and that we're going to have a 20 to 30 minute conversation mm-hmm. and then um, we'll have a Q&A and if people want to be on the podcast, they can come. Mm-hmm. And um, just for the audience to know, you might see me raise my hand and that is in an effort to not interrupt my sister. Don't say that. I think it's kind of funny, but okay. Like, we want to come off as professional as possible. Like, I and you always try and interrupt me. Just wait till I'm done talking, and then you can talk. And I can see when you want to talk. Okay. But if I'm if I'm in the middle of a thought, that's distracting. Okay. I your, uh, is that your phone? Doing what? Oh, my phone. There was a notification, and I heard buzzing. Oh. And it was silent. Um, and then I think. Okay, so then we record the podcast. We explain to them that we're recording the podcast and like... And it's going to be out in two weeks. Okay. Two weeks, like two Fridays. And then we will indicate to them when we are ready to have them ask questions. Um, we'll get them to raise their hand so there's not so much background noise for the podcast. Oh, yeah. And and like we can always like have a producer edit it and we'll, maybe we'll say there's going to be time for like time for two or three questions. We'll have time for questions. We'll try our best to get to everyone, mm-hmm. depending on the time that we have. Okay. Let's uh, stick this in and hear how we sound. Oh, yeah. Then when we're done recording, we'll just let everyone know, you know, we, we're excited to announce we have a merchandise store. And I'll give everyone an update on, like, what, what's coming up, like, what's next. Yeah. Our book applications are open. The merch store. And... Yeah, That's it. the discount. The discount. But also, during the podcast, so we are talking about the death of our parents. So not like the death, because we're talking about Judaism I think let's talk about like, yeah, I think we should talk about like what we wish we knew about death in Judaism. And what we learned over the course of two years, essentially, yeah. of losing our parents and going through And we'll try and year. go in like a sequential order about like, yeah. Knowing our dad was sick for a while and kind of being worried about costs, but not knowing what the costs were to our mom suddenly dying. And um, tips that we, we've we kind of gathered, such as um, having open conversations with your loved ones about the inevitable. Yeah, like maybe what I'll do is talk about like when mom, we learned mom was going to die and I was sitting with her before you came and I was like, okay, so where do you want to be buried? <laughs> And I'll talk about how she was like, the diamonds are here. The will is here. I want to be buried at Hebrew sick, but don't you dare bury me beside your father. 
and we could talk about how we how like she was so organized that she even had passwords to apps like the group like party. things that didn't even exist anymore yeah the pandemic apps like the group party app or whatever it was okay. called okay all right let's see isn't that funny <laughs> the audio oh man That's pretty funny um so as we wrap this episode up Let's talk about the merch. Alana's Alana's pride and joy. Oh, I love merch. Like if there's a brand that has merch, I'm buying it. Like I, a few weeks ago, just bought a t-shirt off of a podcast. I really like called Giggly Squad. I impulsively bought a shirt that anyways, anyways, because of things I love that have merch and people buy it and I'm very much like wear your feelings like that's my 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 shtick I love that I've I've loved graphic tees literally since I was 15 years old like I've urban outfitters in the mid-2000s and all that anyways we made some merch and we are using that to help us fund the Global Resilience Project book too, because it does cost us a lot of money. And um, we have a few offerings right now. We have our Resilient AF shirt. So we have it in a sweatshirt form and a t-shirt form. We have some mugs. I'm just gonna be really fast here. And one thing I did want to point out is we have a sweatshirt that says good grief on it. And some proceeds from that will be donated to Camp Aaron and the Aluna Network, which is um, a camp for kids who are grieving the lost loss of a loved one, typically a parent or a caregiver, but can be anyone else important in their lives. And where can, so the website's currently being updated. The link, direct link to the shop is in the show notes. And the exact URL is? The grpshop.myshopify.com. So you can just click the link right now in the show notes. And soon it's going to be updated on our website. And it's all over our social media. We've just started talking about drop number two, which is going to be fun. Um, but, you know, this is just an experiment. It's a project. And uh, Alana did such a good job with this. She's our mental health director and sister extraordinaire. Um, you know, I've, I've been very lucky to spend a lot of time with her and we get to meet up again this this time in June. Maybe I won't have my podcast equipment, but like that'd be funny if we podcasted from Croatia, but I'm not lugging that around. <laughs> Anyways, um, check it out. Support us. We did a great job. We, we, we co-created it, but Alana, this is her like her portion. This is her like main, you know, heartbeat right now. And Book number two, we're now accepting people to be in our book. There's only 125 spots. You know, last the last book became an international bestseller. We got tons of press around the world. Um, you know, we told the stories of 70 people. It honored the lives of our mom, our dad, and my father-in-law. It was a really beautiful project that turned into a global movement. And so if you have any story of overcoming a challenge and you want to be a part of the book, you can go to the globalresilienceproject.com. The link's also in the show note. Hit, you know, submit or you reach out to us. Um, you know, the spots are filling up. The goal is to get this book out at the end of 2023 on our father's birthday. But, you know, we're going to roll with it and see what happens. So 
I want to invite you to explore that opportunity because sharing your story can be extremely cathartic and healing. And also sharing your story after you've gone through something difficult can help other people navigate their challenges. Life is very hard. Like we just went through it and it is okay to not be okay. The Global Resilience Project is a safe space to read, listen, share stories of, you know, resilience. We are that lighthouse in a storm. Just know that you are not alone and you are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.